on today's episode of drunk dudes talking wrestling we've got some news with some some signings or some re-signings and a some debuts outside of wwe and aew that chad is mostly going to talk about because he watches that stuff joe and i'd mostly just see it on twitter uh talking about final battle from ring of honor and we have a retro beer ratings from breakdown in your house from 1998 i'll just say it right now tons of signs in this one and then the recap from everything WWE and AEW this week to include winter, the winter is coming show and the fallout from NXT last week after Johnny Gargano was done, allegedly. And with Raw and SmackDown, just more build up to date to the day one pay-per-view. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT Russell pod. You guys ready to go? Yep. Yep. Let's go. Welcome into episode 36 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan, joined by Joe and Chad. How are we doing today? I'm on an emotional high right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, uh, I saw a pretty good movie. What about you, Chad? I would, I would say that I just watched a top five Marvel Cinematic Universe film on the opening day yeah top five top five clearly not we're even, talking not even debatable clearly they're talking about the new spider-man movie can we can we just refrain from saying anything else about it until i go see it yeah I'll, I, I mean i was never going to tell you anything about it other than just how freaking good it is okay uh, yeah i would say we, we can maintain the same rule that we had back in the old days when, when we were watching Game of Thrones. You know, a 48, week? For, was it a week? I thought it was 48 hours. Well, it was 48 hours for Game of Thrones because no, it's, yeah, a, no, it's that, a fucking fair. TV show that everyone has ex- access to. This one, I have to make plans to go to the movies with a nine-month pregnant wife, which isn't... That's a tough... That's, that's tough to do, so... Well, yeah, I probably won't won't see you before you have an opportunity to go see it. So we're yeah. good. I'll see you probably before then. I'm going to struggle to not tell you everything that happens. Please don't. It's so good. Please don't. I'm refraining. Unless I go see it tomorrow, but that's a maybe right now. Dude, fucking you should. Otherwise, the Internet's going to ruin it for you long before I do. Yeah, that's why I went today. I wasn't. That's ex- I was- 
Yep. I was not going to let it be ruined. Same. If I see any spoilers on the internet, I'm going to be very upset. You're going to break the internet? No. No. Uh, I almost said speaking of breaking the internet, but that's (laughs) not what Jeff and Matt Hardy did back in the day. They were just in the broken universe. Uh, Got an update on Jeff Hardy from Matt Hardy saying that Jeff Hardy is happy and healthy. So that's good. A little update on last week. So good for Jeff. And probably the biggest news of the week, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has re-signed a multi-year. I'm hearing somewhere in the ballpark of 2 to $3 million deal with WWE. And to the people that are very upset about this, I don't understand you at all. Like, well, I mean, you got those AEW fanboys that are, were, they had greater uh, thoughts of Super Click and the, the Mount Rushmore of ROH reuniting and AEW. And that's all they wanted. And they didn't want to see success any other way. Uh, so, okay. You just made a face. I'm sorry. I'm watching Monday Night Football and one of the Chargers guys just dove in the end zone, landed, and is limp, but his arms are like frozen, like he's paralyzed. Oh, is it Mike Williams? No, it's uh, Donald Parham. Oh, well, and he didn't even like land that awkwardly. It was really, it's really weird. Well, I hope he's okay. Back to Kevin Owens. Hopefully that guy's okay. I I hate watching football injuries that like destroy people's careers. They always scare the shit out of me when people don't move. Oh, God. Um, Kevin Owens, I said publicly that he did this because he was going to get a lot of money. It was best for his family already in an interview today. And I doubt AEW can afford almost anyone at two to three million dollars. No. Right now. So two to three million dollars for a multi-year contract is 100% what would be best for a family of multiple kids that Kevin Owens has. So, yeah, I mean, financially the best choice. I'm glad we're finally not losing somebody from WWE's roster because everyone we lose is just going to get replaced by a bunch of Von fucking Wagners. So, <laughs> Question, though. Is this a game changer for, uh, for the Fatal 4-Way? The match that is now a Fatal 4-Way? I mean, we'll, I get to the, we'll get to the Fatal 4 why it's a Fatal 4-Way, but I don't think so right now. I think it's perfect timing, but I do. I I do think that he'll get pushed more now. And I do think that he will stay in the main event scene, especially with the amount of money he's making. I will. I I will say it's interesting timing to agree with you on this one. It's very interesting timing to say like, yeah, I'll resign right before he's got a title match. There might've been incentives, but I don't think that's it. I just don't think that right because I'm I'm in the mindset and I know that you I, I think it was you Chad last week that was like that's not true at all like titles change hands at the rumble or at elimination chamber every year I'm just dead set on the person that walks out of that match as the champion is going to walk into mania as the champion yep. I don't see Kevin Owens in that WrestleMania co-main event for the he, WWE sell, he sells the worst of the four for in, in the eyes of WWE, in my opinion. I think he sells 
the, yep. the lowest. As far as like a, as far as a draw, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting question though. They just came back from commercial and he's squeezing his hands. He's not par- allegedly not paralyzed. I mean, he's still down though. Is his legs moving? That's the next question because the the no. worst ones we've seen. But like it, like face mask is off, helmet is still on. Like it's bad. Yeah, that's you know it's a neck injury when they they remove the face mask and they leave the helmet on because they don't want to move the head. God, God, I hope he's all right. That that's terrifying. Alrighty. Um, was, was there any other news this week? Yeah, final battle happened. Ring of that's Honor true. final battle. It happened. So I didn't watch sp- it. Speaking about the Briscoes, dude. Oh, things that make you sad. Yeah, things that made me sad this week. Speaking of that, and the guy who's lying on the ground not moving, um, go off, King. Dude, final battle was one freaking awesome. It was the best Ring of Honor pay per view in a while, and they've been struggling all through COVID and everything, and then coming back from COVID. Obviously, it's why we're here, and they're putting it to rest for now. Um, that was a damn good pay per view. The coolest part about it is, is every major Ring of Honor title got a setup build to continue in case they bring back ring of honor so in quick recap uh the women's champion of ring of honor roxy got interrupted by diana perrazzo i did see that the triple ah arena de reyes champion uh slash number one contender for the impact women's championship and they agreed at the show to have a winner take all between the Triple A Reina de Reyes, uh, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, and possibly the Impact Women's Championship if Donna, Deanna Peraza wins it at Hard to Kill. So, so that's Deanna, Deanna Peraza is going to win that. I think the goal is they're going to put it on major stars and other companies to like have Ring of Honor be like more like PWG or one of those other companies where people NWA. come in. Yeah, one of those ones where there's not like a set roster, but people who work primarily in other companies, you have those titles and carry them around. Yeah, um, to get the name out there. Yeah, and it's going to, I think, build to Ring of Honor coming back in April. Um, not just Roxy, but you also, as you mentioned, the Briscoes won the titles off the OGK and then immediately got attacked by FTR. And they were throwing haymakers at each other, like real punches. And I would not be surprised if you saw the Briscoes versus FTR in AEW for the Ring of Honor World Champions. I would not be shocked. And that's actually kind of shock. It's it's shocking to me that the Briscoes were the ones that got an AEW opponent because with AEW's like all inclusiveness that they try and sell, Briscoes are not. They do not have the past of all inclusivity, yeah. so to say. <laughs> they they have been in trouble multiple times for things they have said or posted, but. That will be a fucking banger of a match. The Briscoes versus FTR. And then, uh, last but not least, the Control Your Narrative group came out. And so EC3's group, where he does uh, independent wrestling shows through, uh, brought the Titan, Adam Schur, previously known as Braun Strowman, into Ring of Honor. And I think uh, the Control Your Narrative group is going to be a hot free agent ticket soon. Yeah. But... It was it was cool to see like the final battle and then they're gonna I think they have two episodes of TV left and then they're gonna come back with her supercard of honor and that's scheduled in April around WrestleMania time frame. It was uh 
I thought it was funny the amount of people that tweeted like, "Oh my God, Braun Strowman!" Just they look they they would tweet Braun Strowman, uh, and about the the him showing up at Final Battle, and him just responding. He he only responded to like one of those people, but he was like, "My name is Adam." <laughs> yeah, and the EC3 calls him t- the Titan. Yeah. So anything but Braun, don't call him that anymore. Is that what I mean? We think he's gonna go by the Titan, or is it gonna be like the Titan, like the Titan Adam Sure? Well, have you video, have you watched the, any of the e- control your narrative stuff? I've seen a couple, but not really. All the control your narrative stuff, they have like full names, but they go by like a nickname. Okay. Okay. So, so like he is Adam Sure, but his nickname is the Titan when he's doing stuff like that. And the, the amount of people that have been through that control your narrative stuff is pretty it's a pretty long list nowadays. You got like Paro. Yeah. Matt Cardona, EC3, who runs it. Wesley Blake's there now, previous of the Forgotten Sons, and now Titan Adam Schur. Interesting. A lot of people flock into EC3's little indie portion thing. What's EC3's nickname? Probably EC3. Uh, He's the... Oh, fuck. There is one. There's a nickname for him. Oh, fuck. It's a terrible nickname. Oh, fuck. It's not good. It's not off, fuck. (laughs) Why would you want to call yourself all fuck? Oh, fuck. Maybe that's like, oh, here comes that guy. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get the shit beat out of me. Maybe that's why. Oh, there's also teases that uh, Karrion Cross is joining Control Your Narrative. Hmm. Uh, well, the, you're... It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, he's the uh, central character. That's it? Just central the character? Essential. The essential character, EC. The protagonist. The essential <laughs> character. He runs the whole thing. It's essential. It's also EC. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, one, of the, one of the things I forgot to, to talk about when we were discussing what news for the week, um, AEW did some kind of press conference and they asked Hangman Adam Page who he wants to who he wants to fight, maybe not in AEW. Do you guys know who he said? One of the names he said? Uh, nope. I don't remember seeing this, but I'm going to guess Gargano. Danhausen. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> I, watched a, cool... I watched a Danhausen match last week. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's it was comical. Over. It was comical. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That was, that was about it. It wasn't that one great, of the, but it one was One of the common. cool things from Final Battle that I forgot to mention is that in between each match, they had a former Ring of Honor guy do a little, like, like thank you for being there when I needed you kind of segment. Yeah, they and had the list I of people. See all that. Like, the all the like AEW CM Punk. People. Yeah, CM Punk, uh, Eddie Edwards from Impact, Hangman Adam Page, Brian Danielson, um, the, the Young Bucks. Bucks Adam Cole, pretty much anyone in AEW or Impact that was old Ring of Honor did a little like, thank you for being Ring of Honor, being awesome as fuck for so many years. And that's that's crazy. Was there anyone from uh, WWE that uh, had a video? No, you yeah. just said Brian Danielson. All right, that's actively in it. <laughs> I don't even it, know. I was I was I knew the answer already because I, Twitter was raging about that as well. They did mention a lot of WWE people. So, like, 
they would give shout outs all the night. They were like, that moves exactly like a move Roderick Strong used to use. I know you're out there watching, Roddy. We miss you and we love you. Thanks for being here. And they did that with countless amount of people. So, like, they mentioned El Generico, Kevin Steen, uh, Roderick Strong. O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, all people that got videos. Like, if they were an old Ring of Honor person and they're famous now, like, more famous than Ring of Honor now, uh, they Rollins. probably got a shout out. Yep. So they called him Tyler Black, though, which yeah. was his name in Ring of Honor. They called him Tyler Black. I yep. can't think of anyone else that's in WWE now that was in Ring of Honor. Yeah, there's got to be. Or that was like, at, or, or that at, at least was like a big star in Ring of Honor. Samoa Joe. Did, did, did you see a statement? Yeah, Samoa Joe was mentioned. Did you see who the final battle main event went to? Because it wasn't Danielson. Uh, yeah, hold on. Uh, Jay Lethal. Jay yeah, Lethal. they brought back Jay Lethal for a one-off. And uh, it was a fucking awesome match between really? Gresham and and they gave the original Ring of Honor World Championship belt to the winner. So now there's two Ring of Honor World Champions, Bandito and Jonathan Gresham. Oh, they're going the New Japan route. Yeah, they gave the old belt, and now there's a new belt, and now there's one of each. It's the same thing Impact did a few years ago too, when Moose had one, and new, yeah, new, had one. new Japan is like actively in that. Where they, with, I think uh, they have three title belts with Shingo and Will Ospreay and uh, yes, yeah, all Will Okada. Like they all have their own belt, and I guess that's all going to get solved at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So they we'll did see what happens call out a lot of New Japan people too during Final Battle, thanking them for their long partnership that they had for so many years. So that was kind of cool too. That's good stuff. Good stuff from Ring of Honor. All right. Shall we get into our retro beer ratings breakdown in your house? Hell yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, just on the Wikipedia page, looking at breakdown in your house, uh, cover photo had Triple H on it. Nowhere, nowhere to be found in this pay-per-view. Nope. As well as China. Uh, The other three members of DX were in attendance and in a match. Uh, this was September 27th, 1998 from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada with an attendance of 17,405 allegedly and Hamilton, Ontario, Canada brought their fucking sign game. Hell yeah, they did. Canada normally does. Canada was awesome. Joe, do you have any signs? Why'd you ask me first? (laughs) Because of what you said before we started, and it made it sound like you didn't take notes for this. Yeah, maybe I don't have any signs. <laughs> All right, uh, Chad, I'll let you go first. If you have like a couple that are relatively similar, yeah, I'll save a few of them for like when we talk about this pickable matches because some of the matches were like had signs that I saw and like attached it to a match. So I'll save all my Val Venus signs. Yeah, there were or anything that has to do with Val Venus. Or sex. Yep. There okay. were countless amounts of those. Let's save those for the Valvinus match, which was <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, there was a WCW sign that said, We copy WWF, which I thought was funny. Interesting. There was an NWO, but instead of O, it said NW Who Cares. And the O was like big on Who Cares. I didn't write any of these down. Uh, <laughs> Edge thinks he knows me. Okay, there's there you go. That's the first one I had. Uh, Brett who? 
because Bret Hart was big in WCW the same time this was happening. Uh, Gangrel fears garlic. <laughs> yep, got that one. Um, I would like to point out my favorite sign of the night real quick. Yep. It was a sign on the entrance ramp, and whoever had it like draped it over the guardrail, and it was huge. It was like probably six feet by four feet, huge sign. And it said, big sign. That's all it said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny. What else did you have? Um, some other stuff I had that's not uh, just, I'll say everything except for the uh, the sex and Valvina stuff. Because <laughs> this, this pay-per-view clearly revolved around a, at the time, current event. Uh, yeah, we mentioned the Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton thing like 17 times. Yeah. Uh, I love Nuggets. So that, I yep. saw that one during the, the first match. Uh, Vince, please fire Shane, which I didn't realize Shane was around already. Yeah. Uh, there was a sign that just said, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then main event signs. Uh, Kane is a test tube baby. Yep, I wrote that one down. And I'm going to, I mean, so we've, we've got this history of uh, signs calling wrestlers gay. We're about to put a lot of people on blast because Canada decided to bring a sign here that said America is gay. Wow. So we are on the hot seat. Actually, not the hot seat. It's okay to do that. It's okay to be gay. I don't know why I said that. Speaking of inclusivity. Yeah, I know. Before we get on to the first match, did you guys look at what uh, was on the pre-show for this pay-per-view? Um, yeah. I mean, I saw the Sunday Night Heat, like like the highlights that they showed they during showed the pay-per-view. It's, the only match they didn't show highlights for is the one I want to talk about real quick. It was the debut pay-per-view match for Jeff and Matt Hardy. Oh. They were on the Heat kickoff show and beat somebody in three and a half minutes. Kai and Ty. But they beat Kai and Ty in three and a half minutes. Yep. So we should but be seeing them soon. Jeff and fucking Matt are here, and I'm very excited. Fucking Matt. Jeff is fucking Matt. Whoa. I didn't say that. Jeff is happy and healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. All right. Um, yeah, let's get into the first match before we talk about uh, the rest of the signs, which we will talk about during the, I'm, I'm assuming, just the Val Venus match. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so we had Edge versus Owen Hart in the opener. Got a uh, a nugget. bunch of a bunch of Nugget chants in the beginning. Nugget, <laughs> and I didn't realize during uh, th- there was a a point in the match where I don't remember who said it between Jr. and uh, King, but they said that Edge had not spoken on TV yet, and I didn't realize that was like part of his character back in the day, or uh, maybe not part of his character, but like something that he had done or not done at that point. It just didn't have a character yet. Yeah, you think you know him? I will say this is you the first time you know they re- <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time they referred to the nation of domination now as just the nation. Oh they no, tr- they- I feel like they have before. I thought the last pay-per-view they mentioned it, the Nation of Domination. This is the first time I noticed it. They just called it the Nation. In the, the, the videos, their entrance videos, there was no of Domination. It just said the Nation. We are lot. the Nation. Yeah, that, it was like ever since the Nation started coming out to the Rock's music, 
which was a couple pay-per-views ago, that's when they started become that's when they were the nation. Ever since they stopped using the Nation of Domination music, I'm pretty sure that's when they became just the nation. Must have missed that. Yeah, I think that was like two or three pay-per-views ago when that happened. Fuck. I really missed it. <laughs> um we had a debut in this match. I'm I considered yeah, it I considered it a debut because Same. we all at this point know who that was. Uh but it Christian. was it was Christian who just showed up ringside. Edge looked very confused despite knowing him since they were children, but you didn't know that in 1998. You think you know him. <laughs> you think you know a guy. Uh so we got to finish your beer there. And so now we have Edge, Christian, and, and Gangrel. Uh, Gangrel. We'll get to Gangrel here in a he, little bit. He fears garlic. <laughs> I thought that was also a very funny sign. Um, but the Christian showing up, and he all he did was stand ringside in his late 90s gear that him and Edge, basically his Edge and Christian gear. Uh, mesh t-shirt yeah he showed up edge looked super confused and owen hart got like the like a distraction win and i got two beers for this yep the finisher beer brings it up to two beers yep pretty good it was it was better than most of the matches on the card i enjoyed it (laughs) that's not saying much no yeah it wasn't it wasn't bad you know, but we know what Edge does. There, there were some yeah, we think not we know so him. great things. We, we, we know him. I, I think feel like at him. this point, we think we know him. <laughs> All right. Oh, so nice. the next yeah. match was uh, Al Snow and Scorpio. We've dropped the the rest of his name from Too Cool Scorpio to just Scorpio. I thought, it was, too, I thought, it, was, thought it was Too Cold. Too Cold Scorpio. Whatever his name was, they've dropped it. It's just Scorpio now. Well, they did that in the um, last match with Scorpio. That yeah, the one Scorpio. where he teamed up with Farouk. That was bad too. That was almost <laughs> bad as this one was. Um, no, that we said that one was worse. We said that was the worst Terry Funk match we had ever seen. Oh yeah, that one was well terrible. because we've only seen remember. that one in the dumpster match. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> Terry Funk matches from 1985 to 1988. Now that I've watched all those old old ones and. Uh, I can say that the, the the dumpster match was better than most of his 1985 to 1988 matches. Huh. Wow! But, yeah, Al Snow and Scorpio uh, faced off against Too Much, which was uh, Sky Too Hotty and Brian Christopher, later known as Grandmaster Sexay. We kind of hinted at their name changes here, where they called uh, Scott Taylor uh, Too Hot Scott Taylor or something like that. They've clearly been going for the. Sky too hot. I don't know where your memory's gone, but they've been calling him. They've like Brian well, they, Christ- they had Brian him on Christ- Brian Christopher time. too sexy, sex A, sorry, and Scott Taylor too cool. Yeah, I mentioned it last pay-per-view that their pants said that, but this is the first time I remember them calling them that. You might be right on that. I'm just ready for these guys to become too cool. I need Rikishi in the mix. Let's let's yeah, fucking get it going. Fucking dance moves in the yeah. end matches. And- I just need, I just yeah. Rikishi That's, hasn't I shown need, up yet, so I think we're he comes he comes in next year at some point. I don't know when. I just the only thing I remember is that he's in that like six man hell in a he's cell. He's in match. that six man hell in a cell match at the end of nineteen ninety nine. And then I think 
I think 1999 is when they did like the whole Austin got ran over by a car and it all got blamed on Rikishi thing. Austin got ran over by a reindeer. No. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So this match, uh, you got the return of head on pay-per-view. Yeah. We finally got head. Lots of head chance. Lots of heads in the crowd. Lots of yeah. head signs. But yeah, nothing. The, nothing. Of, nothing we head had shots. Nothing we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Head nice. head was used a lot. They used the, the 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 finale of this match was just Al Snow hitting everyone with head over and over again until he was able to get a pinfall. But and win the, the match. For what in the fuck? What what in the fuck was the end of this match though? Like you had, I think Scott Taylor and Scorpio were the legal competitors, and then you just had each of the other two guys come into the ring and start hitting moves and just pinning even though they weren't the legal competitors and i'm fairly certain at the end that al snow got the pin on he scott hits, taylor the snow plow yeah he <laughs> but wasn't the legal competitor <laughs> at all the re- the ref was like the ref didn't even look confused he was just like i'll count whatever you want me to count yeah <laughs> i think it was tim white and he just yeah just gave up it was tim <laughs> <He> white <just laughs> <gave up. laughs> He was just like there, he was just like fuck it, get me out of this horrendous match. There was four people in the ring and they were just pinning each other randomly. I'm surprised we didn't see someone on the same team trying to pin someone from the same team. That's how ridiculous <laughs> yeah, thing got at the end of the match. Um, awful. I, I think the funniest part of the match though was like they set up that chair and did like use the chair like the like the Hardys used to do the uh, what is that called poetry in motion. Yeah, they would jump yeah. off the back. They used the chair and jumped off the chair to hit a move in the corner. So I think Al Snow did it first. Al Snow did it, and then Scorpio and then tried Scor- it. Scorpio did it. <laughs> the chair fell over and he slipped. It was so funny. Neither of them looked graceful coming off that chair at no, fucking all. <laughs> not even close. Oh, uh, that was that was probably the highlight of the match for me. Just that hilarious moment. Uh, but I got a beer and a half for this. I got one point seven five. Whoa. At 0.25 your total, but whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a backstage segment uh hyping up the main event. Main event? Yeah, the main event. Uh it was just Michael Cole under uh interviewing Undertaker and Kane. And we'll get to that match. That was not my favorite backstage segment there was a different one that i want to talk about the, the, the mcfoley the one was the mcfoley one it was not the mcfoley one um was it the michael hayes and sable one nope i can't think of any other ones we'll get there we'll get there i'll i'll, I'll make sure before we go on to the match after that that i mentioned it all right maybe i missed it fuck uh i doubt it okay was uh I was about to say was it, but the next match, Mark Miro versus uh the draws. Darren Drawsdoff. Boy. Uh, <laughs> I would say I would say like the only important piece of information that came out of this match was that there's now a WWF women's championship and Jacqueline is the champion. <laughs> Not even but, anything to do with this match. Yeah, they announced it, but like she didn't have a belt. Yeah, did they even have a bell? Like I, I was not actively watching in 1998. I think I started. I think I had watched like a match or two in 1998 when I was. I'm. I'm. You gotta remember, I'm five years old at this point. So like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, 
I'm fairly certain they would like they would have had to have had a belt, right? They wouldn't. They didn't. Cr- I know that. I know yet. that she she didn't wear it out to the ring, but like, it's that one, one that Trish Strash used to wear all the time, right? It's that like like oval shape with like the the razors on the edge. The like, old the like old women's shaped. championship. The old women's yeah, championship. It should be that one. The second iteration of the belt because the first one got thrown in the trash can by uh, Alundra Blaze. Yeah, true. I don't know, but. This match was awful. Awful. No way to sugarcoat this one. This was trash. Yeah. Uh, Mark Mira won on a... Did he win on that shooting star press? Yeah, he got I a think... shooting star press after Jacqueline interfered in the match. Yeah. Um, yeah, she interfered, like I think, two times. Mira hits that shooting star press. I thought it was pretty funny, though. Like At the same time, he jumped for the shooting star press. You could hear somebody in the crowd just uh, that had the that had one of the ten thousand people that had a fucking air horn in that in that uh, arena <laughs> uh, sounded off on their on their air horn at the same time that he jumped for the shooting star press. Like, could you imagine going for like a huge move off the top and then like right before you did it, they hit the they hit an air horn and it just like freaks you out. And then just the move just gets completely fucked up. Maybe that's what happened to Matt Seidel when he tried that in his debut in the the Roy Battle Royale where he just fucking whiffed. On no, he definitely just he definitely just fucking slipped. <laughs> you talking about his AEW one, right? Yeah, his AEW debut where he just whiffed on the shooting star and like barely even got any rotation at all. That that was that was definitely just him slipping, probably from the ropes being sweaty. I don't know. Uh, I got a beer for this. Same. Was not good. It happened. It was trash. I did want to point out, like, just something that I thought was pretty funny that Peacock or maybe WWE has thrown into all of these old pay per views. Because I think the next backstage segment they had before the next match was the uh, Sable and Michael Hayes segment. Selling t shirts. <laughs> yeah, whatever they were doing, but that's not what I'd want to get at. Uh, it was. It was like how they always have like the superstar hotline or whatever. Oh, I just remembered. I, I think I know what segment you're talking about now. Is it the dude that did all the impressions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that later. But the the one thing I wanted to point out that I thought was funny is like, and I don't know why, how we haven't talked about this yet because it comes, it, it shows up on every pay-per-view is how they go to these backstage segments and it's like, call the hotline and then they've, since then, like superimposed over the phone number, like this phone this number, number is no, no longer, longer active. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Like, why not just leave it there and let us wrestling fans try to call the number? You're like, I want to, I want to talk to Stone Cold Steve Austin, sir. <laughs> no, it's thirty years later, and we're like, <laughs> why can't I talk to Sable? Yeah, I want to talk to Sable, <laughs> sir. This is a mortgage company. <laughs> Probably because they got sued because 88 wrestling fans were still trying to do that. Hey, can I buy a t-shirt? Can I buy that DX t-shirt still? Yes, sir. sir, Just send the money to the PO box. (laughs) Sir, this is a Coles. Please stop calling us. (laughs) Coles has has to have Stone Cold t-shirts. No, probably not DX t-shirts. I don't know. Probably not anymore. I don't know. At at TJ Maxx yesterday, I, I saw Stone Cold socks. So... 
You heard it here, folks, first. You heard it here, <laughs> go, go, folks, go, first. Go get your Stone Cold sock. Go get, get your, your Stone, stone Cold socks <laughs> at TJ Maxx. Go to TJ Maxx now. <laughs> they got Stone Cold socks. I'm sure Amazon also has it. If you don't want to get up off your ass, like most double people. the price. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Don't get off your ass. Go to Amazon. <laughs> All right. Next match was uh, the big fat piece of shit vader versus bradshaw those are his words not mine um i don't joe i don't know if you remember this because i don't think chad was on this episode but do you remember like 10 retro pay-per-views ago when when we had a a vader match i think it was probably like when he was feuding with kane maybe mankind when i was like yeah this has to be like one of vader's last matches in wwe before i don't remember that before he gets out of there and we're still watching Vader matches. I was. Well, I think. I think this I was is very last, wrong. I was very. I think wrong this is the last week. Vader match. Really? Yeah. Two two weeks from now, when we're reviewing a pay per view again, we're gonna be like, "Look at Vader again." Joe was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad right now, though. Like, oh my god! I hope it's the last one we have to watch because they are not good at all. Yeah. Uh, Bradshaw, fast piece of shit, is not going well. Bradshaw sporting his uh, JBL look in this match. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you if you thought that was a debut or not because it it looks more like JBL than it did Bradshaw. But the funny part is he goes he hasn't even joined the APA yet, so he's gonna go revert back to the the black yeah the Bradshaw black look yeah. Any any pay per view now he's gonna join with Farouk and then start bar brawls start growing his hair out playing cards in the back that'll be good i can't wait for that yeah farouk is ron simmons by the way joe oh yeah, yeah rod ron simmons rod ron no, simmons no ron we we're just making sure that you knew that because i think yeah, once that, once upon a time i think you didn't right thank you thank you for that <laughs> uh this was uh anything goes and falls count anywhere apparently uh you wouldn't really know it by watching it other than like the couple times they tried to pin each other outside of the ring and i think there was like maybe one maybe two chair shots or something like that it was yeah yeah, this just wasn't good like the only the only real highlight of this match that i wrote down was like this entire match the the canadian crowd was just having dueling air horn just dueling air horns throughout the match and that was that was the highlight for me because the match was not good the only thing i wrote down was i didn't know if you counted every clothesline as a finishing move or not because i couldn't tell what which one were just normal clotheslines and which ones were clotheslines from hell uh the last jbl jbl acts like every clothesline is a clothesline from hell except for the ones that get in pins so i I counted i think i I counted two of them i counted the one that JR called a clothesline from hell. And then I counted the next one that I think he did on the outside. Yeah, he did one on the outside that was literally JR and Jim or JR and Jim. Same guy. JR and Jerry both called clothesline from hell. I counted that one definitely. And the one he got in the pen, I counted as well. So yeah. Um, I got a beer and a half for this. I got 1.75. You son of a bitch. Got so Vader, this was Vader's last pay-per-view match. Then he goes back to New Japan, and in 1999, one year later, he uh, 
he gets the award for most improved wrestler from uh, from Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 1999. In 1999. So it had to have been booking because just five years prior to that, he was the wrestler of the year uh, by, or sorry, 1993 wrestler of the year from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. What the fuck? So it had to have been his booking in WWF that made him, made us not, not enjoy him. Yeah, it was definitely the booking. Had to have been. Yeah, like the last six matches have all been trash. Maybe it's because he became a fat piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, his words, him, his words I'm not for him, that up. for him to be the like, in 93 to be the best wrestler of the year. 1993 then, must have been a fucking terrible year. I don't know. Vader is remembered for something. I was born that year, so it can it wasn't that it bad. Fucking total trash. Then hey, 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 hey. Whoa. Not as good as 92. Whoa. Nice. After this match, though was the the ideal backstage segment of the 90s in my opinion i didn't even uh, write anything down for this but yeah i i would just sat there it. with my fucking jaw on the floor basically there was the two backstage guys that always do the the random discussion about upcoming matches but then there was a third guy this time and they kept asking him about a match and then the guy would talk about it in an exact impression of one of the two wrestlers that would be in the match and, and they were pretty spot on impressions so he did i know he did a rock one he did undertaker a taker and he did a jeff jarrett and he did somebody else did he do a val venus maybe he did val, but there was like one for me no match he did a road dog up. he did a road dog oh yeah he did road dog yeah 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 they were pretty fucking spot on though yeah I was, it was I was the weirdest fucking backstage segment ever, though. It was like really long and drawn out of this guy just doing impressions and unnecessary, but like also pretty like, but also like good, good enough for me to like, yeah, I want more of this. I wrote what the fuck weird voice guy promo in the <laughs> middle of two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was odd to say the least. Um, yeah, I agree. Next was D'Lo Brown and Gangrel. First, first look at Gangrel on pay per view for us. Oh, I got uh, a sign for this one. Oh, sign during this match. Gangrel loves garlic. No, uh, I saw that at the very beginning of the pay per view. That was Gangrel fears garlic. By the way, this one was D'Lo versus Gangrel. Who cares? And it was right <laughs> as D'Lo was coming down the ramp. This guy like was right on the ramp and basically stuck it right behind Delo's face on the camera and I thought that shit was funny <laughs> as fuck. I didn't see that one. That's pretty good. Who gives a fuck? Um the only note I had for this up until the end was just the fact that we got the brood music which was just Gangrel's music. Uh and like just good to hear again. I mean, we've we've heard it recently with the the Edge and Seth Rollins feud that we had leading up to SummerSlam. But first time since then hearing it, good to hear. I wrote down that Gangrel's move set was very unique. Like he would do normal punches and other moves, but he'd added like a certain spin to everything that made it look very unique. And I enjoyed Gangrel in the ring for that reason. Like this and yeah, match- we're passing up Gangrel every like month once or two. a month 
at OSCW right down the road in Hanahan, <laughs> South Hanna, Carolina. Yeah, Hanahan Convention Center. Not even Convention Center. It's like a, a gym. Well, you have what to did remember, I tell you guys? You have to remember that this is 23 years ago. I uh I bought tickets to Raw tonight. I got two tickets. Someone has to come with me. I don't care who does. The one in Columbia. I got two tickets to Raw in Columbia. They were Where? buy one get one free today. Are you fucking kidding me? They're not good seats, but they're not bad seats either. They're in the section behind the camera, but like pretty far up. So Vince is giving away buy one when get one free it? tickets now. They were Christmas promotion. Buy one get one free. Oh, they're like row 23 in the section behind the the crowd not the floor but like the first like stadium section the like side that the, hard, the side that the hard cam faces 100 percent. what is the date the 21st or 22nd of february oof pencil me in as a definite maybe definite maybe <laughs> definitely maybe sorry and, and, ryan pen, reynolds pencil me in don't pen me in Starring Ryan Reynolds and Dylan Free. No, that's whoa, dude. Everyone knows my last name. I'm gonna have to bleep that out. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought that was definitely maybe. Thought that was the name of the movie. Is it? Isn't that what you said? No, I said pencil me in as a definite maybe, not definitely. Oh. <sighs> Added you look, a couple letters there. Silly, you silly goose. You you literally have have like said maybe you don't say it anymore I don't remember but follow us on Untapped or follow me at unta- Untapped at, at Dylan Free <laughs> so many <Yep>. times <laughs> every time actually I think it, it ends the show every time yeah back when I used to do at Joe Kalinowski at Dylan back, Free back when I used to do stuff on Untapped but I've recently stopped that since I stopped drinking beer all the time. Oh, it's fucking lame. This still uh, ten, still get, still ten and a half percenter is really kicking in here. Yeah, you got a whole like growler of that. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Chad just tried to deep throat his mic. He's he's getting he's getting pretty toasty. Uh, in case you were wondering what Chad's like when he's drunk, he tries to deep throat microphones or things that have phallic shapes, which is fine. Yeah. To each their own, Shippy. You'll cut that. I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we ever say what the beer rating was on this D'Lo Brown gang grill match? Uh, we did right now. Beer and a quarter. <laughs> I got the same thing. Sick. Um, then we had a slightly underwhelming triple threat cage match to determine the number one contender for the WWF championship, the rock mankind and Ken Shamrock. And I say this was disappointing. I say underwhelming because one, yes, it was disappointing. And two, it was a cage match triple threat style that did not get nearly as many beers as I thought it would. I thought when I when I saw that this match was happening, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be our number one highest rated match of the night. Nope. It was it was just your run of the mill. It just got the same amount of beers as your run of the mill match. Um, It still was probably the best match on the card. Yeah. Uh, It was weird. The cage was like 
an older style cage. It looked like one of the old ones that like Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy had versus what they were already using. It wasn't like the the chain then like the chain link cage. they they had never used the chain link yet but they they did in hell in a cell the hell in a cell cage is was chain link yes but was steel, chain for the steel cage matches no because the last steel cage match we saw was uh triple h versus mankind was i don't the know same, i like, don't know bar yep. style yeah. yep it was this kind and then i also this... know that they have that they have another cage match at saint valentine's day massacre in 99 where um uh austin versus mcmahon because that's where big show debuts and that's also the same kind of cage oh fucking spoil it we're only like five months and retro pay-per-views away from watching that now you've ruined it it's all right chattel forget that happened 22 years ago what's the what's the time range on a lot of spoiler you're, you're gonna get mad you're gonna get mad at me for spoiling that well, let right, me tell you not Spider Man. I sort of got a few spoiled <laughs> Spider Man. Right in, in, in 22 years, if you haven't seen Spider Man yet, I'm telling you what happens. All right, deal, <laughs> bet. <laughs> um, they they had a they had a trio of pro- backstage promos before this match started, and I really wish I would have wrote down the quote. I hope one of you did, but mankind absolutely roasting the fuck out of Bill Clinton here. Yeah, it was something to the effect of uh, Bill, like Bill Clinton getting with some girl that even Mick Foley would have shot down in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. There, <laughs> there were a couple funny th- things because this they, they did like a like a multi interview kind of thing. It was uh, <laughs> the it was the Rock. Uh, Rock got interviewed and he was asked, uh, he was basically just talking shit and he said something to the effect of, I'm trying to remember now, um, shit. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, I don't know. He says something about sugar-coated testes and then Mankind later asks if sugar-coated testes is a new breakfast cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, mankind, just Mick Foley in general. Great promo. Um, The Rock, and Chad hinted at it last pay per view when we watched the uh, ladder match between him and Triple H. The Rock is officially over. Yeah. Oh yeah. They chanted Rocky multiple fucking times in this pay per view. Yeah. Not only in this match did they chant rocky but i remember them chanting rocky at other points throughout the pay-per-view so he is super over at this point yeah um you just gotta wonder i mean not gonna spoil it not gonna spoil this one but hopefully the rock uh gets his gets a gets his championship here soon well seeing as how this was a steel cage triple tret match for the number one contendership (laughs) triple tret and he and he won the triple threat in the steel cage. Uh, obviously, he's getting a title shot there, Dylan. Yeah, I'm so, just curious if he's gonna if he's gonna win it. I Let's hope see. he's successful in his career. Well, he won the triple threat, so that's what that we is, know at this point. That is true. Um, the weirdest tidbit out of this match was them saying that this was the first ever triple threat, triple threat, sorry, steel cage right. match. 
that was kind of surprising. WWE history? Yeah, that was kind of surprising to me. But, I mean, at this point, it also, I mean, it was 1998. Probably not a whole lot of steel cage matches going on to begin with, let alone triple triple threat steel cage matches. So, yeah, first one in history. Yeah, I've watched. To that point. Remember how I told you I was watching all the really old, old ones, like the original WrestleMania and stuff like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've watched WrestleMania 1, 2, and 3, Survivor Series 1, the Wrestling Classic of 1985, and Royal Rumble 1. And I've seen a, I've watched a single cage match, which was the main event of WrestleMania 2. Yeah. Between King Kong Bundy and Hogan. Yeah. How was that? I'm sure it was a barn burner. It was the best match on that card, and that match (laughs) was not good. The yeah. first Royal Rumble ever sucked, by the way. Yeah. I watched that earlier today. Why do you think we, why Spider-Man. do you, like, I keep trying to tell you, like, why do you think we started retro pay-per-views where we did? I got goals, man. I got to watch every pay-per-view ever. That's a goal. That's, I, I, I was going to say, I was, <laughs> I was going to say that's unachievable, but you know, it is possible. I'm only good, like good luck with 30 that. away from you guys <laughs> in these retro pay-per-views. That's which true. All watched. They're, they're used to I'm, only I'm less be than like, 30 away. There used to only be the big four. So Ooh, trivia question for you. Ready for this one? Oh, God. Of the big four, what is the only one that started off as not a pay-per-view? Survivor Series. Uh, is that your guess? Final guess? No. No, nah, probably Rumble. I'll say the Rumble. Yeah, Royal Rumble 1988 was a TV special on the USA Network. The one that Hacksaw Jim Duggan won? Yeah, which is awful, by the way. That card had four matches and the world's worst Royal Rumble with 20 people and nothing inciting at all. I got to figure out when the... I don't remember when it was, but I think it was like the fourth or fifth, maybe even later than that, Royal Rumble, where that's when they started doing like the winner of the Rumble was the... uh, WrestleMania main eventer. I think it's the year after Ric Flair wins the title in the Royal Rumble because they do the Ric Flair title win in 92. So I think it might be 93 when that when they started the number one contendership. Yeah, so even later than that. Um, back to the match. Uh, I have a question. It's based off of a quote I heard in the match. This is... <laughs> just makes me laugh. Uh, the... I don't remember who who said it, but they were they were quoting somebody by saying uh, somebody called Ken Shamrock not the sharpest knife, but called him the most dangerous knife. What is what 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 could possibly be what could possibly be the not the sharpest knife, but still the most dangerous knife? Big fucking I knife. I, I did. I don't know if. I don't know if this answers your question, but I do know that the guy from Smash Mouth is not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> that was the he best an, answer possible. He is an all star. He is an all star, though. Hey, did you, uh, when you watch this match, did you see the unprotected fucking chair shot that they gave Ken Shamrock to win the match? Uh, yeah. That, that thing was, was fucking gnarly. One of my, that was one of my last quotes, quotes is that Shamrock drug a chair into the ring after he was trying to escape and paid for it with an unprotected chair shot he ate that shit yeah that was rough dude uh but yeah the end of the match i think it was foley that hit him with the chair and foley instead of going for the pin decides i'm just gonna climb out of the cage 
And while he's climbing out of the cage, The Rock pins Shamrock and gets the win while Mankind is slowly climbing out of the cage and gets it before he drops down out of the cage and The Rock wins. Yeah, your your wife would have been super upset about how slow McFoley was trying to get out of that cage. Yeah. <laughs> also, just how dumb he was in this match. Like, he was... There was a point in the match where he climbed all the way to the top, was almost out of the cage. Yep. There was even a point where he was on the outside of the cage. Nobody was touching him. He could have dropped down, but didn't. And then I think The Rock pulled him at least back to the top, and they were they were both sitting on top of the cage for a little bit, and The Rock got knocked down. And then Mankind, instead of still just trying to win the match, decides to jump off the top of the cage and completely, well, not completely misses because The Rock rolled out of the way, but just misses an elbow off the top of the cage and just lands in the canvas. Just Mankind being a fucking daredevil. Um, but I, I wrote down and like I said earlier, I felt, or maybe I didn't say it earlier. Maybe it was before we started recording. I feel like I missed drinks in this match, but, uh, both of you kind of confirmed that this was just not a very high rated match. I got a beer and a half for this triple threat cage match. Same. Just not what I was expecting for beer rating for that kind of match. And then we got our. The, the majority of our signs and quotes for the night, uh, Val Venus versus Dustin Reynolds. So I'll go over the go, jokes. Yeah. Phenomenal match. Go over some of the sign, the remaining signs that I had. And then Chad, if you want to come in with any signs that I missed here, coming uh, in. <laughs> uh, there was a sign. I don't know why I didn't say this one earlier, but I just kind of linked it in with sex. There was a sign that just said Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I saw that right by the stage. Yeah. Um, and then the Bill Clinton and Mon- Monica Lewinsky sign. So Monica Lewinsky can suck it. Uh, uh, Factual. Uh, and then Bill Clinton. That happened. Bill Clinton fears Val Venus. <laughs> Bigger wiener. Um, there was a sign that just said rock hard. I think it was behind. I think it was behind King and Jr. It just said "rock hard," and then also on the sign was just a very poorly drawn penis. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I had was "suck my big fat Venus." That was my favorite one. I wrote that one down. Yep. <laughs> suck did, my big fat Venus. Did you have any more? No, you got the two that I had that I really liked. Yeah. Suck my big fat Venus was my favorite one. Yeah. Um. So before the match, we're finally starting to get some like pre-match uh, promo videos, and they kind of show the development of this rivalry. And we get the preacher's wife video. <laughs> Yo, this shit was uncomfortable. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> this whole gimmick storyline thing was unfucking comfortable. There was like a Dustin Reynolds who came out without an entrance music who was in the ring before they showed that fucking promo. And then they showed this promo of sad-ass Goldust watching his wife in bed with Val Venus, and they just kept showing clips over and over again. And to know how it ends in real life, that shit's sad as fuck. Uncomfortable. I was was like, ugh, the whole time. 
And then there was a quote, there, a, a quote during a quote during the video package from Val Venus. Uh, he he I think this is on Raw, one of the weeks like leading up to it. And he told uh, Dustin, he was like, I, I guess getting on your knees runs in the family. Because <laughs> he's also doing like the preacher thing at the time. Yeah. And she. Yeah. Yeah. Below job. Uh, I got two other quotes from Jim and Jr. Jim and Jr. Same person. I keep doing that. Jim and the King. The Jerry Lawler type. Um, at one point, Jerry Lawler said, <laughs> Val Venus is the only one rising to the occasion, <laughs> which he said while they were like making out in the ring or yeah. outside the ring. Um, or he said, Jim Valvinus is not the only one rising to the occasion, meaning that whatever they were doing was giving Jerry Lawler a boner. And then uh, <laughs> at one point, Jerry Lawler said to Jim Ross, um, have you ever experienced sexual intercourse? Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> <laughs> there was another point in the match for Jerry Lawler because they th- there was a point where like you know the thing where the ref the ref does where he like w- will lift up someone's arm to see if they've passed out and they do it three times and then on the third one they always stop and they start fighting back. Uh, there was a point where Val Venus would uh, check Dustin's arms to see if he was passed out or not. <laughs> And uh, Jerry Lawler was like, he's limp. Val's not used to that. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the only other quote I had for this match was when Val Venus came out to the ring and he had a microphone in his hand and he said to Dustin, he was like, about your wife, there's one thing. or uh, Yeah, he was like, about your wife, there's one thing I've been saying a lot about her lately. Here she comes. (laughs) <laughs> she when she came through the curtain. <laughs> well, you know, Valvinus, you know, he came, he saw, he came again. So, yep. <laughs> and those are literally all the notes I have for this match was quotes other than the, that uh, Valvinus wins with the money shot. Such an uncomfortable fucking storyline match. The whole thing. Yeah. Like Comical, you said, yet uncomfortable knowing, knowing how that all turns out. Yeah. Yep. Like you said. Uh, I got a beer for this. Yep. yep. Single. Uno Biro. It's Cerveza. Y'all taught me that last time. Una Cerveza. Uno Cerveza. You didn't learning. You didn't know that. Y'all taught me that last time. We talked about this like two weeks ago. I don't remember stuff from two weeks ago. Man, that must be a shitty memory to have. I do have a very bad memory. That's well documented on this show. I remember um, really well what happened two hours ago. If you want to know about it, please don't tell me about Spider-Man. All right, next Wait, match. Which Spider-Man? Like, do you not want to know any, anything about like? Are you seriously Spider Spider-Man: Homecoming? It's a good one. I've seen both of the other ones. What about Amazing Spider-Man Two? I like. I've that seen one. the okay. I've I've seen parts of both of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, but I know that they're trash. What about actually, Spider-Man 3 featuring the emo dancing? No. I did actually recently watch the first the first Tobey Maguire one. Very good. Holds up. I loved it. The first two Tobey Maguire's hold up. And the first Andrew Garfield one holds up. Oh. I never watched the Andrew Garfield ones. Emma Stone, ma'am. Come on. Yeah. So. She is in it. Sup. Sup. <laughs> 
Uh, next match, though. Next match. Uh, Six-man tag, DX. So it was New Age Outlaws and X-Pac versus Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice. Which were two dudes wearing uh, waiter vests. <laughs> yeah, they just... Crazy. Two dudes crazy. I'd never heard of before. Yeah, crazy to me that they uh, didn't last that long in the WWE. But... A quote from this match was uh, just Jerry Lawler continuing to talk about the last match, saying, uh, Val Venus and Marlena are on the Superstar Hotline. They're t- talking about the Superstar Hotline that you know everyone called back in the day. And JR was like, good God, get your parents' permission before you call that one. <laughs> Yo, you know who fucking Southern Justice is? It's who? the Godwins. They're the Godwins. What? I just Googled who the fuck was Southern Justice. It's Henry O. Godwin and Phineas J. Godwin. It's the fucking Godwins with a new name and new outfits. Well, aren't we just a bunch of big dumb idiots? Fucking stupid heads, us. It's just the fucking Godwins. <laughs> I guess that makes, a lot of, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just the Godwins in some waiter vests. <laughs> um. <laughs> Deadly, deadly guitar shot to Xbox head. Yo, I Googled this during the match. That really actually fucked his eye up. His eye is actually fucked up there. That's what I was curious about. I didn't Google it afterwards, but I like got an injury in his eye from that match. He was holding his eye afterwards, and I was like, oh, man. I was like checking to see if I could see blood because... This is from 23 years ago, and I know X-Pac is still alive. And from what I know, his eye is okay to this point. So I was like, oh, probably it'll work. Uh, so I was just looking for blood. But yeah, I was like, there was still a point where I was like, damn, I wonder if his eye is really actually fucked up. Turns out it was. But DX wins. Billy Gunn gets the pin, which just reminds me, like, fucking crazy that Billy Gunn still wrestles. Do you see what was on the the Heat pre-show card? Billy Gunn uh, lost a handicap match against your favorite tag team and everyone's favorite tag team, the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yep, yep. The DOA. Saw saw that. (laughs) He had two matches on this card. Which is wild. Billy Gunn, just a big up-and-comer in this... this, uh, Billy Ass. Billy Ass. Mr. Ass himself. The ass group, the ass guys, ass whatever boys. Dan Housel said. It's, ass it's boys. Billy, Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. <laughs> it's like you got the Ass Boys and the Island Boys. I am boys. <laughs> I got uh, that reference. Oh, good, nice. Uh, I TikTok on occasion. Ugh. but yeah, DX wins the match. Uh, I got one point seven five beers. I got two. You're a motherfucker. Okay. Just fucking up all your ratings. I hate you. Yeah, here for you, bud. All right, main event time: Triple Tret match: Stone Cold, Tret. Steve Austin, Undertaker, and Kane. Some very odd stipulations in this match. Um, <coughs> Undertaker and Kane could not pin each other in this match. And also, if anybody came out to help Stone Cold Steve Austin, they the uh, Stone Cold would be stripped of the title. Just some really weird stipulations to throw in there. 
but sort of like some classic attitude era stipulations. And Kane makes his entrance and then Taker starts to come out and Austin attacks him with a chair and we are underway and rolling. And the, the one thing I noticed in this match was the laser pointers on the entrance ramp were running amok on all three of these dudes. There were so many people just that had laser pointers that were just shining it all over them while they were on the entrance ramp. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Just lots, lots and lots of laser pointers. Laser pointers were a new, new, exciting thing back in the 90s, probably. That's true. That's true. Allegedly, yeah. But despite the stipulation where Kane and Undertaker could not pin each other, you basically knew eventually that they, they would go at it. It only happened like a couple of times, but they did go at it for a little bit. And then uh, it was at that point where I kind of remembered that I haven't seen this match, but I remember like reading about it at some point, maybe in some some sort of headline that I knew what happened here. Uh, Kane and Undertaker hit a double choke slam at the end, and they both pin Austin. So nobody wins the title and Austin just gets stripped of the title and it's vacant. So vacant now has the title, which means Vince McMahon is holding it. Vacant is like the is has held more titles than anybody else. Yeah. Vacant is the best. Vacant is the best WWE superstar of all time. I mean, vacant's also held championships in other companies, too. Yeah, but not I mean. The only other thing, the only the only other thing I watch right now is AEW, so I can't really speak for other things. But I don't think AEW has had a vacant championship other than when they first started. Yeah, my my middle name is vacant. What? Bet. I thought it was Allen. No. I know what at least I thought it started with an A. Yeah, it does. Oh, <laughs> so it's so so it's not it's, vacant, and you're a liar. <laughs> it's vacant. Oh, I guess that makes all sense. those vacant title wins. That was me. You're welcome. Oh, it's supposed like your middle name is supposed to be a a six letter middle name, but it's not. It's vacant, and the 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 first spot is vacant. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really work. It didn't work. <laughs> it, it worked in my brain because I saw the vacant spot at the beginning. Like the V was missing. It, it's fine. I'm just going to stop. <sighs> yeah, forever. Somehow my joke of being my middle name being vacant was not nearly as bad as your joke about how to spell vacant. Um. Yeah, at the end of the match. <laughs> damn it. At the end of the match, uh, Austin kind of clears house at the ring at ringside and just kind of beats up McMahon's cronies and tries to chase him out and McMahon hightails it out with the title. So more to come on that when we watch judgment day, which is the next pay-per-view. And I got 2.75 beers for this. <laughs> I got three. I fucking hate you. All right. So with that being a three beer match, that makes this a 15 and a quarter beer pay-per-view. And that's a lot for such a bad pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, it did have eight matches, I think, eight or nine. So there is that. But, yeah, not what I was expecting for a a lowly in-between big four pay-per-view that they had in the the 90s. Just 
those are usually the shittier ones that we've i mean we've we've seen that so far the shittier ones are those in your house pay-per-views all right so it says in the aftermath section of wikipedia the following night on raw is war mcmahon attempted to announce a new wwf champion he held a presentation ceremony and introduced the undertaker and kane after saying that both deserved to be wwf champion Austin drove his Zamboni into the arena and attacked McMahon before police officers stopped him and oh, arrested him. The next night was the Zamboni. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, they were probably still in Canada. That's probably why. Yeah. Let's uh let's get into the weekly recap. And we'll start with SmackDown. Chad, when would you like to go off about SmackDown? Would you yeah, like can to I start? Just, can I just start with the hot my frustration with SmackDown? Go ahead. Okay. So did any of y'all see the, the the post that was going around explaining how last week's main event went? It was showing times. No, no, no. you didn't see that? No. So like last week's pay-per-view, I mean, last week's SmackDown, uh, they had Sami Zayn come out at like the one and a half hour mark and the match didn't happen to like the 151 mark. And they got squashed in one, one move. I wrote these I, I wrote these times down not only was there only like three matches that actually had conclusions prior to this because uh the sonia match didn't actually end the los lotharios match was a squash and the drew versus sheamus match was unimpressive they got to the main event and there was the best tag team of all time and they they showed a promo at one hour and 20 minutes at one hour and 21 minutes the usos came out we then went to three minutes of commercials. It is now one hour and 25 minutes, to which we had seven minutes of showing celebrities in the crowd, including Jackass cast, uh, a backstage Brock and Adam Pierce promo, uh, the Usos do an in ring promo, the New Day comes out. It is now one hour and 32 minutes. We're 11 minutes in since the Usos walked out. We do four more minutes of commercial. It's now one hour and 36 minutes. RK Bro finally makes their entrance into the match. And the match starts at one hour and 39 minutes. To which then we have three commercial breaks during the match. In 21 minutes of fucking match time. So we started talking about this match at one hour and 20 minutes. And then we had a... Uh, 21 minute long match that had three commercial breaks but we spent 40 fucking minutes of a one and a half or two hour long show on a match that had no build made no sense and had a fucking tag team from raw on it to which they also had the winner be the only team without belts well to make you think that the new day is gonna win at day one yeah, uh, no, but okay. This is exactly how last week went. At basically, like at the one and a half hour mark, fucking Sami Zayn comes out and they go to commercial and they come back and there's a promo and then they talk about the match and then they go back to commercial and then they then Brock Lesnar comes out and he attacks Sami and then we go to commercial and then Roman Reigns beats Sami in one move. We're wasting fucking 40 minutes on one match. Not to mention, you only had three other matches on the entire two-hour-long Smack- show. SmackDown has less wrestling than Rampage does. It's it's ridiculous. It's awful. It's awful. We had a we had four matches. One didn't end. 
one literally just stopped and never got an ending. One was a squash match. One was underwhelming as fuck. And one was 20 minutes with three commercial breaks. Yeah, that's like most SmackDowns. This was six months ago, the A show on, uh, on WWE. I think it still is, but I would rather watch Raw. Right now, yeah, based off of what they've been doing. But, I mean, both shows are just not doing good right now. And I, and that's not to say that AEW was fucking amazing this week. Half of it was. I didn't, I didn't hate Raw this week. I didn't either. I, I hated it, SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was not, yeah. This, this was awful. It's just like they, and I've seen some of these stats go up. It's like the amount of wrestling on each show and AEW is consistently at the top. Raw is next, which is crazy because Raw is an hour longer than Dynamite. And then Raw does feature a lot of promos. True. And then Rampage is third. Or no, NXT. I think NXT is third. Maybe NXT is second, actually, to Raw. Um, and then it's then it's Rampage, and then SmackDown always has the least amount of wrestling. I will say I really enjoyed the opening promo between Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar. I, I enjoyed the opening promo, but once that was over, I didn't like a damn thing on this entire show, minus the actual wrestling that happened in the main event. I, I have a question about that opening segment, though, where so Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar kind of just doing like his own thing now, just kind of talking about whatever the fuck he wants. And once again, like sort of befriending Sami Zayn, being like, let's go, let's go hunting or let's go fishing. <laughs> and Paul Heyman is just beside himself watching this and then starts to cut like the his normal Brock Lesnar promo. And Lesnar kind of snaps and beats the shit out of Sami Zayn. And makes us as the viewers think that they're together again, or at least they're, they're hinting towards it very, very strongly. I think this is all a swerve, right? I mean, there's no, he's going to go and stay with that. Heyman, Heyman's going to stick with reigns and that it's all just a swerve to make you think that Heyman's going to turn on reigns at day one. What do we think? It could be, I mean, but they've played this before. They've done this storyline before. I mean, maybe we're in the same storyline. I mean, Paul Heyman's turned on his advocates multiple times. No, I'm not even talking about that. I just mean the last time Roman and Brock faced off at Crown Jewel. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I mean, that's not really, it wasn't, yeah. It's it's a storyline's not really over yet, though. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, I think it's all just a swerve to make us think that, like, the the biggest question mark for me for my prediction for day one, right? Because is is really that Brock Lesnar beat or no, I'm sorry, Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel, which for WWE's constant 50-50 booking would make you think that Lesnar's gonna win the second match at day one. But for me, I think that all this Heyman and Lesnar stuff is coming across too bluntly. So that it makes everyone think that Heyman's going to be with Lesnar following the day one pay-per-view. When in reality, I think that it's probably not going to happen. Which would mean that Roman would also win that match at day one. Roman's probably winning at day one. That's yeah, what I think I would, too. I on that but too. I don't think that that means that Heyman is going to stay with Roman. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. 
I don't know. Maybe, I mean, yeah, I could see that as a way for them to try and make Roman turn face. I don't, I don't know if that would work though, where Heyman, Heyman turns on him and Lesnar beats the shit out of him and Roman heroically comes back in the match. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a tough match to predict. I think it's tough. I think it's a tough like circumstance or storyline to predict the way that they've got it going so far. Yep. Just no, nothing else to add to that. Um, I think that's a pretty good addition. A couple other things that were uh, notable on SmackDown. We finally had Zia Lee debut. Nice. That was, that was one of my other big notes from this. Uh, yeah, it, it was weird. It was the it was our final climax to what we expected to be the Sonya versus Naomi match, except for Sonya brought her lackeys Natalia and Shayna. And then Zia Lee runs out and attacks people, and then there's no match. Well, yeah, Zia Lee, who historically is best friends with Naomi, would obviously come out <laughs> to help her in that match, right? Well, have you been watching the cartoons that they've been showing you about how Zia Lee is the protector of the innocent? No, I have, usually fast forward through most you, of that. You stuff. missed those promos? Yeah. That explains it all. She's the protector of Naomi. I fast forward through a lot of shit on SmackDown and Raw. Oh, well, clearly you missed that one. The only clearly. other thing I the only other thing I had was I was utterly shocked. Like I I, I like my my jaw dropped when Los, Los Lotharios, which is hard to say when you're drunk, um who have been getting pushed consistently got fucking squashed in like 3 minutes to by Rick Boogs. I mean, good, good for Boogs. Nakamura. I mean, good for Boogs and Nakamura, though. You know. I mean, that, that makes sense for them to win the match. But what does it do to Los Lotharios who've been selling for like a month now, two months, to get squashed? Well, I think maybe, I mean, hear Thanksgiving me out. vegetable squash. <laughs> hear me out here. Maybe, maybe the thought of Vince was like, well, if we give Los Lotharios another win, then the crowd might start to think that they're also in the in the top tier. They might be one of the best tag teams, and then they would have to be thrust into that same twenty-one minute three commercial stop. break main event. Stop! Please, <laughs> please fucking stop. Also, for us to be like the best tag team of all time, RK bro, who's been a tag team for six months. Also, is the, the outcome the outcome of that match was so obvious when they threw up the. They like posted a, a Twitter poll on like who's gonna win this match, and RK Bro won somehow. Somehow the New Day was in last place. Was in last place, and I was like, okay, New Day's winning this match. Dude, this is fucking taboo Tuesday all over again. <laughs> yeah, the internet poll says magically the person we have ready to be in this match won. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's fucking we're going to leave it to the Internet and then we're going to clearly pick who we want to win. Yeah. Yeah. That shit always used to be so hilarious to me. It's like, no, you're never actually going to like I can't wait to get to that point with the retro pay-per-views because just to rewatch all that shit like that and Cyber Sunday, like we everyone knows that this is all rigged so that you can have whatever like if one of the stipulations is hell in a cell or cage match at cyber Sunday, and there's not a fucking cage hanging above the ring or a hell in a cell above the ring. I know what's not going to win. 
it's all predetermined. Like, whoa, dude, it's all fake. Listen, I know that, but if you're going to sell me on the idea of a pay-per-view being like, we're going to do whatever the fans vote for, at least make a, make an effort, you know, at least make an effort to make it believable. I don't care if it's rigged, just make an effort. All right. Uh, Rampage only, only actually a couple things from Rampage. Uh, FTR and the Lucha Bros was fucking awesome for the tag team titles. Fucking just amazing match. Uh, and then we had the debut of Hook and his hookers. Any any thoughts on Hook? I I actually enjoyed the shit out of this match. It wasn't long. Same. It wasn't anything crazy. Hook was better than I expected. Yep. But I think we should definitely give the the credit to Fuego del Sol, who sold every move that Hook did so well. It really put Hook over. Like, really put Hook over. Hook's been over. Yeah. I mean, it just, he got done with that match and Hook looked dominant. Looks like a million Fuego bucks. Sold, he, yeah, he looked like a million bucks. Fuego sold it so well. I it mean, was, you had a you had a match with a you had a you had a rampage with a main with a Lucha Brothers versus FTR build. Like I mean, match. You had a Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho build and an Adam Cole main event. And the one thing that stuck out that's like stuck out to me the most stuck out was Hook deba- debuting and beating Fuego del Sol because of how well Fuego del Sol sold that. Yeah. It was really good, like good stuff from Rampage. Like they'll consistently have like these matches like this where like they've got usually the main event or in this case, the opener was like two main eventers. This in this case, two main event tag teams uh, going at it. And then usually your other matches are like a main eventer with a mid Carter. So like how the main event here was like Adam Cole versus Wheeler Yuta. Um, And usually like, it's just decent. I thought this was a pretty good episode of Rampage. It surprised me. Um, Monday Night Raw. So I'll just say it now. Monday Night Raw this week was the Bobby Lashley show. Yeah, the biggest story coming out of Raw is that if Bobby Lashley could beat all three other of the members of the Triple Threat, sorry, I have a, a little... A lisp, I guess, because what I meant to say triple is tret. triple threat. Um, <laughs> if he could beat all all three members of the triple threat match, triple threat match, it again. it's triple threat. Uh, for the the triple threat for the WWE Championship, then it would become a fatal four way. So first off, he went up against Kevin Owens, and he beats Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens taps before the hurt lock is even locked in. Yeah, he basically he basically just pussied out of like I don't want to be in that. I don't care. Yeah, and then he got into a match with he was in a match with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins wins by disqualification, which I thought was the one of the smartest moves in wrestling. I've seen, like the most like galaxy brain wrestling moves I've seen in a quite some time, where Kevin Owens. Uh, him and Rollins were talking backstage like before this uh, and Rollins is all pissed off that Owens just tapped out before the hurt lock was even put in and Owens comes out while Rollins is on the outside of the ring and just hits him a couple times and the ref calls for the DQ 
which very smart by Kevin Owens because then Bobby Lashley doesn't win and Seth Rollins wins, but then obviously Pierce and Sonya Deville come out and they're like, hey, the rest of the Bobby Lashley match, we're going to restart this and the rest of the Bobby Lashley matches are no DQ. Um, I did think it was very funny that like Seth Rollins like didn't realize that he won the match until they announced who the winner was. Like, dude, you've been wrestling for like, I don't know, 15 years and you still don't know how this works. I will yeah, say so this on this like Bobby Lashley triple threat storyline. This is one of like the single best episodes of any wrestling show in a long time where a singular storyline was given to you over a single episode of Raw or SmackDown, whatever. It it felt awesome to watch like the small storyline of like Bobby Lashley at the beginning to the Kevin Owens match, to the Seth Rollins match, the build to the main event against Big E. Episode felt watchable, whether or not anything else in between all those matches was good or not, because they told a singular storyline in the episode and they did it very well. Yeah. Would you would you have rather them done it the way that they did or have all three matches in a row? The way they I, did. I like the way they did it. Yeah. yeah I, I really like the way they did it. Because I've 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 seen or heard an interview from Seth Rollins one time where because I think he did. I don't. Everyone that was, remembers that, that was the, incredible. The gauntlet match from uh, like a year or two ago when he went for like an hour and a half on Raw, uh, and someone asked him about that, and he was like, and they asked him if he would rather do a gauntlet style like that or break the matches up, and he said, as a wrestler, it's a lot easier to do them all in a row like that versus breaking the matches up. Because you get ready for a match and then the you do it. Setting. Yeah, it's kind of the fatigue setting in versus just going, just continuing to go. So I'm kind of surprised that they did it that way. But it also just, it kind of breaks the show up in, in a good way. So I think you, it added fluidity too, because you had the backstage segments that built on the storyline. Yeah, that's the, true. The Kevin Owens trying to convince Seth of how they wanted to finish it. And then the Kevin and Seth coming to Big E and trying to sell how they were going to, get involved and tell him that to to get on board with their finale like it, it felt better i think to do three separate matches with backstage segments that built on the whole thing and selling those characters better right yeah i think it's better booking because it makes you want to finish the three hours of raw which is rough yeah i did i did a lot of skipping of raw oh yeah week. i skipped so much of raw and I was I doing. I was also doing chores. I was also doing thing. chores in the middle of Raw. Like I was kind of. I, there was points where I like wasn't even watching. I was just listening to my TV. Yeah, the only other thing that sticks out to me is the Dewdrop Bel Air stuff. I oh, can. I, I, I skipped that completely. Nice. Also skipped that. It was. It was uh, all right. It was. It was a good match. I mean, you both, both Piper Piper Niven and uh, Bianca Belair are great in the ring. And yeah. you know, it, last week it was uh, Belair failed to failed to completely lift up Niven and, and deliver her finisher, the uh, KOD, the KOD. And this week she was able to. So it, it was continuation on storyline. And if you put Niven and, and Belair in the ring consistently, I like if this feud continues, it's a good, I'd say, upper mid card match because Belair's in the picture. And that also elevates Niven. 
I saw yeah, I don't know. I don't know this week that they were gonna they applied for the trademark on Piper Niven's name again. That's, they might that's be why I'm back to that's why I'm not uh that's why I won't say do drop anymore. Yeah, it's bad. Who had the trademark for it? Nobody. Okay. It, it Nobody just, it had did. expired. It, just, it expired and they hadn't applied for it again, so now they've applied for it again. Yeah. Mark Henry also came out and said that he he refuses to call her Dewdrop because a Dewdrop is a thing and she's a person. And I read that interview and then he said, it's time for the main event. <laughs> I literally, I was going to say, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that Mark Henry also came out this week and said, it's time for the main event. No, I, I, I like what Mark Henry said about it and it, it makes sense. And I, I do like Piper Niven in the ring. So I had a complete completely different other two things from raw i didn't even write that one down because it was kind of like it was there but it wasn't overly important to me otis picked up a head-to-head victory on fucking matt riddle which i was like what in the absolute fuck are we doing if we're letting otis get singles victories on riddle and then he got out of the rko right afterwards yeah are we pushing otis again Otis, are we just, trying this again? Otis just going ham on one of the three greatest tag teams of all time. Oh, oh shut the fuck up! <laughs> that, that that one was super confusing, and I hated almost all of it because I don't like Otis. And then the other thing that I wrote as a note, I only put three notes down. The Bobby Lashley thing was obviously like the headline of the whole show. Otis beats Riddle. I put in all caps with a question mark and a multiple exclamation points. Um, <laughs> Becky versus Liv continued to build, but Liv's promo was super cringeworthy. So I will say this was at the portion of Raw where I was doing chores and kind of half listening to my TV. So I'm going to need some explaining here. The only thing I know is that their match is official for day one. Yeah. So like Becky came out and gave her normal, like, I'm the best. I win triple threats and stuff like that. <laughs> she gave, she was like, I'm so good. No one can beat me. Liv, you know, was trash. And Liv came out and Liv gave this like inspirational, like, I came from nowhere and now I'm in the main event of Raw and I believe in myself promo. Uh, one, they had a kid in the camera shot right behind her that was like, booing her the whole time with a Becky Lynch shirt on that was funny as fuck because this kid was clearly heels so they kept zooming in on like Becky I mean uh Liv Morgan's face to get this kid out of the shot but then Liv Morgan was given this cringely cringe super cringy like I believe in myself because the fans believe in me promo that was so bad yeah so I don't she, like so promos. she was saying she was saying believe not believe yeah, yeah, she was. Right. She should say Bo Leave. Interesting. Everyone should say Bo Leave. I miss Bo, Bo Dallas. Interesting. I, I miss everyone with the last name Rotunda. It's too bad that NXT is next because we could talk about Dynamite and how he didn't show up. But He was never going to show up. I knew that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it was super cringy, but they are official for day one because Becky beat the ever-living shit out of Liv and then locked her arm inside the steel chair in the ring post and then kept beating the shit out of it so becky and live for day one is official which it'll be good day one it i mean like you said last week it's continuing to build up and be something that i'm very much looking forward to 
I, I enjoyed their main event match. I thought it was very good oh, for yeah. a women's main event. So for sure. If they, I swear if they to do God, the same though, thing for day one. I swear to good. God, if they, if they end it with Becky fucking holding the ropes, which once again, how does that help? But if they if they <laughs> what end does it, that do if they end it that way again, like that would be three straight Becky like important Becky Lynch match matches that end that way. Like what the fuck are we doing if it ends that way? You're explaining what WWE is going to do right now. You are literally talking about what they're going to do. You're like, well, they better not do this. You fucking know they're going to do exactly what you're saying. They shouldn't fucking do. It's just Vince's head being like, expect the unexpected. All of us, like he's been saying to Austin Theory all these weeks, expect the unexpected. Which is the expected. I don't have any friends. If all the if all these sports entertainment fans expect uh, the match to not end this way, we should end it exactly the same way we have the past month or two months at this point. God, if it calling it now, please don't do it. She's gonna grab those ropes. <laughs> it, it'll definitely happen during the match, hundred percent. I just hope it doesn't end that way. That's all I hope. I don't have anything else for Raw though. Yeah, me speaking, neither. Speaking of endings, uh, after the official end to Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano's time in NXT, we had a, another episode this week. <laughs> that was a weird way to say that. Um, yeah, so the episode started off with the Cameron Grimes versus uh, Duke well, Hudson. No, it didn't start finale. with that. It started, it started with the video package of the recap from the Gargano stuff. So, cause I had a question yeah, the, about that. The Grayson Waller Uber heel fucking video package. So they recapped how, so there's, there's two trains of thought for the question I'm about to ask. Uh, because they showed on TV, right. Johnny Gargano is, and I'll say it right now, allegedly not under contract anymore. Free agent is a free agent. And Someone who is a free agent was shown on WWE television, which is just unfucking heard of this day and age. Like Kyle O'Reilly wasn't featured on the whole show. Yeah, exactly. They didn't talk about him at all, but they they hinted at and showed all of the Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller stuff, and like they they showed that at the beginning and Grayson Waller hinting at it, and also like the backstage locker room stuff, like them not wanting Grayson Waller in the back because of what he did last week. Them hinting at that again. Do you think that Johnny Gargano is just taking like a leave of absence and is just going to come yeah, back dude. to NXT? Hundred percent. This is his fucking paternity leave, and he's going to work himself into a major contract with WWE, and he's going to resign once he gets what he wants on the contract after paternity leave. He's on a fucking free agent. He's a free agent. Got it. I don't expect Johnny Gargano to show up anywhere the fuck else, at all. Kyle O'Reilly will show up on W. I mean AEW any fucking day now. On 100%. Friday, Adam Cole already said it. I mean, I would feel like if the internet would have already it. told us that because Rampage. Yeah, was because Rampage was taped, so oh, I would have. I, I would have expected to already have had that ruined for me. But then, but who's the with, debut that Adam Cole was talking about on Friday? With Holiday Bash next week, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up at Holiday Bash. Well, they have they have the yeah they have the Holiday Bash next week and then New Year's Smash the following week. Yeah, so like I expect Kyle O'Reilly very soon, if not, or maybe two weeks after. Well, he's also having a baby. Kyle O'Reilly's? Yeah, around the same time Johnny is. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Maybe he takes longer than we expect. The point being, I think Johnny Gargano is 100% just taking paternity leave and they're going to re-sign with NXT. And I think he solidified that with his, I got everything I wanted. You know, he got like the the time at, he got the War Games match and now he's got the promo to say like, I love you, everybody. And then he had, he was okay with Grayson Waller, who's a fucking bumfuck nobody, kicking his ass to end his fucking career. Bull fucking shit. Man, that guy's coming back in like three months from now, and he's going to debut back on NXT. He's going to destroy the fuck out of Grayson Waller. We're going to have a takeover-style match with Grayson Waller and Johnny Gargano. Which is going to be awesome. Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, Grayson Waller is fucking awesome in the ring. And he's a really good Uber heel. I mean, he is basically a (laughs) bumfuck nobody in a number of career matches, but I really like him in the ring. And he is really fucking good as an Uber heel. Yeah, you crushed it this like week. He, he, yeah, his backstage segments as the Uber heel were awesome. I can't wait for the Johnny Gargano NXT return versus Grayson fucking Waller. So the reason that I asked that, because if you watch NXT and you're an intelligent wrestling fan, you would think that. But then Johnny Gargano also did a Twitch stream where he was hinting at working with other wrestlers outside of WWE and NXT. So that's why I asked the question. But I think, yeah, I think the I think the Twitch stream shit is all just a swerve. And he, he I agree with you. I think he's I think it's just paternity leave. He's going to have that baby like you, dude. Yeah. Any fucking day now. Any day now. It's exciting. Babies are exciting. Are they? Because I have I've never had one. I've had three with a fourth on the way. So, yeah, they're exciting. You know what else was exciting? Not watching do cuts in a wig anymore <laughs> that shit was fucking trash he looks and like i'm a walking, glad this is over he looks like a walking penis <laughs> he looks bad with no hair <laughs> yeah that's finally over hopefully do cutsons like de-wigged and lost again to camera grimes that's hopefully over i other honestly, i honestly didn't take any other notes for nxt so i and i don't remember what the fuck happened I have some notes I want to talk about because I love NXT. Um, Riddle and his Mary Poppins bag was a good backstage segment. Oh, segment. You said, yeah, what? Mary Poppins bag. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, yeah, they pulled three scooters out of a very small bag. <laughs> no weed, but three scooters. Yeah, there might have still been some weed in there. Yeah, there was clearly. Um. We finally saw Harland debut, and he had he had a unique move set. He did a lot of like, um, just shoving pieces of his body into people's faces. Like, did you see? It was just like the other guy was on the ground. He just kept shoving his arm and his elbow into the dude's face. Uh, this was also another thing from wrestling this week that I was listening to while doing chores. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. So I didn't. But- I chose. I well, I guess I. Yeah, I guess I did choose. Chose not to see it. So I didn't know I have, that the Brian Kendrick is now a, a coach at NXT. I didn't realize he was. Yeah, he's been a coach. He? Yeah, he's been a coach is for he? a yeah, while. He was the one that that Harland attacked. Yeah, it got sent to the hospital. Uh, when was that? On Wednesday. After, after the match, he throws he, he throws an official down down the. That's Brian Stairs. That was the Brian, Allegedly, the Brian that's Kendrick. what the that's literally the? what Vic that's what Vic Joseph said. 
The he kept, on say, he, he, he kept on saying that Brian Kendrick was on his way to the hospital following the attack from Harland. I wasn't listening. I just saw him throw that dude downstairs, and I, yeah, I, said, I stopped they listening. Said WWE official or something like that. Brian the Kendrick, Brian coach. Kendrick? They didn't say the, so it could have been another Brian Kendrick. It didn't Spanky? look anything. It didn't look anything like him because he had short hair. Yeah. Does We're he have a spanky does, right does now? Does he have a son that we don't know about? <laughs> Brian Kendrick Jr. Isn't that who he is, though? Isn't he isn't he Brian Kendrick Jr.? No, he's spanky. <laughs> you remember the spanky yes. storyline he did yes. on the indies? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, he, I did not realize by, that was didn't Brian he go Kendrick. by Spanky in, in yes. WWE for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if he did in WWE, but he definitely did on NWA and uh, Ring of Honor and TNA. I could have all went by Spanky everywhere else. Did. I could have sworn there was like a short stint, like in like the mid 2000s when before the Paul London stuff. Yeah. Where he was. Spanky. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's definitely Brian. Yeah. I'm watching the, the, the GIF right now. It's Brian Kendrick. He's got a ponytail, but a shaved face. And uh-huh. that's. I guess I just couldn't see the ponytail when they showed the him and the with the medical staff in the back. That's wild. I didn't know Brian Kendrick was that kind of guy. Now, yeah, I knew he was a coach, but oh makes sense. Huh. Spanky, it is. I only took two other notes from this whole night of uh, NXT, though. Uh, my question from last week still stands: Cora Jade won her match over Dakota Kai. Who do you think the next number one contender is with Cora Jade winning again this week? Who did I say last week? Well, there was an argument whether it was Raquel or Cora or Kaylee Ray. You and you were the one I who think, said that that Cora was going to you so be Chad, the one that takes it off of her. Chad said, "Yeah, that's." What I said you Kaylee said. Ray is going to want to be the one who takes it off of her. I mean, oh. I said Kaylee Ray is the number one contender now. Cora takes off her eventually. Yeah. I. Mm, I think Cora Jade take or uh, is the number one contender right now. Does she win or lose that though? Lose because she's gotten the upper hand on Mandy Rose every time, which makes me believe, if you know WWE at all, that she will not win the title. Yeah, she's not going to win it on her first time up. She's going to win it on some other time up. She's not going to win it, but she is. Maybe I think she's the next, New Year's Evil, and then she's the next. Shot. Yeah, she's the next person that faces Mandy, but she will lose. Got it. I, I would agree with that. This this just confirmed that with me that I thought Kaylee Ray was going to get shot before Cora Jade was, but I think Cora Jade beating Dakota Kai pretty clean settled that. But I do also think, did you see that they uh, announced next week's main event is uh, Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez in a street fight? I did see that. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I would I the would only, caution you. I would caution you though to let whatever I say convince you. And I say that despite the, the fact that I am the drunk dude talking wrestling champion right now, I am historically terrible at picks. So I wouldn't let whatever I say convince you on how things are gonna end up. Yeah, you'll probably lose the belt the next time up. So I'm almost definitely gonna lose it because I suck. The I only other note I do have champions advantage though. The only other note I took from all of NXT was Jacket Time picked up a win over the Grizzled Young Veterans. Are we burying the Grizzled Young Veterans? They're old. and They're not that old. Zach Gibson's only like 27. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought for Gibson's a while. Young. 
I, I guess they're grizzled young. Grizzled young veterans. It's in the name. I've thought for a while that they would be getting moved up to the main roster soon, and it just hadn't happened because of like they kept taking losses in the Dusty Cup, like year after year in the finals. So I just kept thinking they were going to get drafted to the main roster, and it just never kept happening. So I, I always just kind of attributed them losing to being like, yeah, they're just going to go to the main roster soon. So they're putting people over. Sorry, it's James Drake that's young. James Drake is 28, and Zach Gibson is 31. Yeah, so they're not that old. They're not overly old. No, they're not they're, wrestling they're, they're, old. Pre- they're pretty young. Yeah, they're pretty young for wrestlers. And pretty grizzled. Yeah. And they're veterans in the ring. That's true. But, like, this is the third or fourth time I've mentioned that this team that we almost had win the back before we went 2.0, they were the number one contenders multiple times. We yeah, almost had never, them win the titles multiple gotten, times. They've never gotten over the hump. They're the heel American Alpha. Okay. American, American Alpha, Alpha won the titles. Eventually, yes. Yeah. Okay. Grizzled Young Veteran is on like a four-match losing streak when in big matches. Remember when we did NXT 2.0 and like we were like MSK versus Briggs and Jensen versus Grizzled Young Veterans versus Trick Williams and Coral Hayes? Remember how Grizzly Young Veterans was like the first team eliminated? And now they're losing to fucking Jacket Time with the worst tag team name of all time. Yeah. Buried. Buried. Maybe it's all they're done. Maybe it's all no fucking way. They're fucking done. It's sad to me because I think they're really fucking good. They are good. I enjoy their matches, but yeah, I don't I don't know with that one. I'm not sure. You guys got anything else for NXT? Whoa, dude. No. (laughs) I haven't haven't had anything else for NXT for a while. All right. (laughs) What? Did you just ask what the main event was? What what was the main event? Uh, Because it wasn't Jack. uh, Braun Braun Breaker and Ryder Strong. Oh, yeah. Braun Breaker won that. Yeah. 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 I I got nothing on that. Dynamite. Dynamite. So I have a sign for Dynamite that Chad would appreciate. Did you see this one, Chad? I didn't write any signs down. Uh, it says Dallas Cowboys are mid. Yeah, fucking higher up in the playoffs than your fucking team, dog. That's only because your division sucks. We have the same record. And we are in the wild card and you're in first place in your division because your division sucks. So back to my statement, my team is winning their division and your team is not. So chill the fuck out. But who's winning in wrestling? Not not Brian. <laughs> not Brian or Hangman. Because yeah. that was a 60-minute fucking draw. And holy fuck, a banger it was. It was so fucking good. And I, at the time, this is what I was thinking Like throughout the match. I was like, man, they're seriously trying. Like The whole time, I'm like, holy shit, they're about to go an hour. Like This is like 45 minutes in. I was like, we're pretty far into this. Like, we are getting up there on this hour mark. And then uh, Justin Roberts announced five minutes left. And I was like, holy shit. They're, like, trying to tease this whole, like, Danielson doing another time limit draw because he had the time limit draw with Omega. And the whole time, I'm thinking that there's going to be an outcome to this match because Danielson just had a time limit draw at the – the. Uh, Grand Slam. Grand Slam show, yeah. 
And then they just did a time of draw. But the match was so fucking good that I don't care. I don't care yeah, at all. At like the 30 minute mark and the 45 minute mark, I was like, this feels like it's been 15, 20 minutes. Like it didn't feel like it was a 45 minutes because it was so entertaining. It was but so good. The minute I saw that we're like 45 minutes in going into a, a picture and picture break, I was like, dude, this thing's going 60 minutes. Yep. I had a I had a strong feeling I was getting a 60 minute draw at that point. But I, I kept thinking all the way up until the end because Hangman hit the hit the buckshot lariat. I, I, I thought all the way up until the, the bell rang that somebody was going to win the match. Because like when he hit the buckshot lariat, I was like, come on, let there be 15 more seconds and just let him get the pinfall with three three seconds left. Uh but yeah, like I said, I I don't I don't mind the fact that they did the time limit draw. However, other wrestling fans everywhere else are very upset about it. I would say I didn't expect this few of people to be upset about it. I expected way more people to be upset about it. But yeah, everyone, most people on the internet were just like fire match, fire emoji, match, something to that effect. And I can't agree anymore. I will say, have you seen the? Uh, have you been looking into the AEW ra- uh, ratings recently? The TV ratings. Uh, they've been not great. I know. The, yeah, they're they're like rapidly declining, and there is some concern over AEW pushing Hangman Page as the champion because they don't know if it sells, especially with ratings. Apparently, ratings are really dropping off pretty quickly on both Dynamite and Rampage. I mean, I feel like something like this should help. And they, they you would hope so, but with the this, draw, does a draw where your Danielson character going an hour sell people who aren't wrestling fans? Well, I'll tell you this because I saw before we started recording that the ratings came out for it, and uh, every because they do like they'll do the ratings in 15 minute segments. So if yeah. you take the first 15 or the first hour, each 15 minute segment of Dynamite, it went up in ratings and topped a million. Nice. Like it went over a million, I think, in the third, like at the 45 minute mark of the Danielson page match. So it's working. And I think I mean, if you I put on a match question... like if you put on a match like this, like that's all you can do to help get it over and help make it work for ratings. I guess my question is, is Hangman the right answer moving forward? Because it takes a 60 minute long draw with a guy as big as Danielson to sell to get a boost in the ratings. And it's not even a significant boost in the ratings, but like a slight boost in ratings from what you've been two months, three months ago. Yeah. Is Hangman the guy that's going to get you where you need to go right now? I mean, or should the, we pull thing. this thing off of the guy and move on and then come back to him later? Here's a here's another problem. And I think we've hinted at this or possibly even talked about it with AEW recently. Is like they have the stars, the notable stars that you're casual to semi like really into wrestling fan would know who they are but most of them are old like you have you have an omega and you have john moxley who are in their mid to late 30s but most everyone else that is very well known is over 40 years old and is not going to be there forever the the, Jer- the, the jericho and yeah. jericho Sting, jericho punk uh Danielson Danielson right so you have to do something you can't just 
keep putting it on like super old dudes. You gotta, you've got to get the four pillars involved eventually. Right. And you have to like, that's, that's why I'm thinking that it's going to be MJF next. That's why I, I don't know. I guess I, I would like to hear Joe's opinion on this, but I feel like the, if the hangman thing's not working well, they might shy away from the quick turn to an MJF thing here. Probably Joe. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think MJF is the next, the next AEW champion, but it's gotta be a heel. If, if there's an honest conversation, I, like, and I don't know if AEW is this company, like, I understand that they're still a business and they gotta, they gotta get over in order to remain a business, but I don't think they're the company to, to do a two-year storyline and just be like, all right, this isn't working. Let's, let's take it off. Adam page. I, I agree with that. They might they might adjust his booking a little bit. Hell, even turn him heel. <laughs> I, I don't think they will do that, but they they could. If, if almost. That's sorry. No, go ahead. I I almost think that a redemption arc for Hangman Page would make more sense to eventual booking than the championship storyline. Like if he were to lose it to like a Danielson at Revolution and Danielson took it off of him and did a short stint as the champion and we we sold Danielson and then we did a long-term solo build for Hangman, which really bought fans into him well on a redemption arc and then gave it back to him. Maybe after MJF takes it off Danielson or somebody else wins it, I think you might sell better as a champion for Hangman Page long-term. You, Wasn't you, the past two years a redemption arc for Hangman Adam? Page? Well, that's that's what I was getting at. I was saying, do you think the fact that how drawn out the Omega Page storyline was hurts him? Maybe a little the, bit. The for, ratings for unattentive for the last few weeks, I guess. I mean, well, for un- the, you say for unattentive people, but that's isn't that mostly what this country is now? Yes, and, like, <laughs> but no. but like what I'm saying is unattentive wrestling fans, like. You and I and Chad, we all wanted to see Hangman Adam Page win the title because we've been watching Hangman Adam Page since since he had the AEW tag team titles with Kenny Omega. Since Kenny Omega started being kind of a dick and Adam Page started drinking too much, so, and then yeah, and then Fuck Kenny man. Omega turns I've been on Hangman Page since he was a low level guy in Ring of Honor. Same, but not yeah. as probably not as much. You as know, like the like the lowest level guy in Bullet Club. Yeah, so so that's what I'm saying. Like for unattentive wrestling fans, it, like they turn it on and they're not watching the they're not looking at the overall story. They're looking at like who the fuck is this guy? He's kind of just been on in a slump the last year since he lost the tag titles. And now why, why is he the champ yeah. now? But but for the for the people that have been watching the whole time, he was in a slump, yes. And then he he continued fighting Kenny Omega starting at full gear last year, right? Yeah, they had a match last year. Yeah, the, the full gear last year, all the way to full gear this year, where he worked himself back up, associated himself with the Dark Order. We know how good he is and how good the long-term storytelling was, but long-term storytelling works for people that watch wrestling every week, I think. Yeah, it works for the hardcore fans. Because we we were we wanted it for so long, and we kept on expecting it at at all out and then full like then it happened at full gear we kept on wanting it and when they finally gave it to us we were excited but 
for someone to be stagnant in the main event scene is not not much of a draw for non weekly wrestling fans. I just, I just don't know if Hangman has the same charismatic ability to push people to want to watch him as the champion as Kenny Omega did or John Moxley did. Those guys are charismatic as fuck. And I'm not saying Hangman's not charismatic, but like the cowboy shit storyline, I don't know. I don't know if that sells as well as Kenny fucking Omega. Uh, they could give it to someone more charismatic, maybe an enigma. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, now Chad's speaking of things I I absolutely love, such as the charismatic enigma. There was a segment on Dynamite that I want to really talk about, and it was a pre-filmed vignette, so per se. Uh, you had Alistair Black walking around his home, uh, uh, yes, talking talking about the House of Black, and there was a there was somebody in a hooded cloak style thing. Um, that he was talking to about how important the House of Black was. Um, for pref, if you haven't watched the show, I've mentioned this before, but the House of Black on the indie scene is uh, Malachi Black and one of my personal favorites, Brody King. And then during this vignette, it ended with the statement, You're not just a king anymore, from Malachi Black to the hooded cloaked individual uh my excitement with that one sentence jumped through the fucking roof and now there are internet reports that brody king has signed a uh a long-term deal with AEW, and i am fucking stoked that one of my favorite aid uh ring of honor guys is an AEW guy and especially with malachi black in his corner thoughts I'm excited. I mean, it, it makes sense. He's the tag champ with him right now in PWG, right? Yep, hundred percent. I did. Yeah, I wasn't aware. I I knew that they did have the titles. I didn't know they still had them. But yeah, I'm excited. I haven't, or at least I can't recall ever seeing a Brody King match. So I'm always excited to see something new. So it excites me in that way. Yeah, imagine a dude like six foot eight, tatted the fuck three. up. Tatted the fuck up, three hundred plus pounds, but looks he a, moves. Looks a, looks a bit chubby. He is. He looks a bit chubby. I like it, but he moves. He moves very well for a six foot seven chubby guy. So and he's a he's the, a he's a very high athleticism for a six foot six six foot eight chubby guy. Okay, so rate his athleticism. Is it somewhere in between, like an Ivar and a Keith Lee? Yes. Okay. On comparison to the two people you just named, I would say he's comparable to those two people. He does like he does like back heel kicks and like drop kicks as a six foot eight chubby guy. I mean, Big Show did a drop kick one time. So okay, no, not one time. He, this is a routine things for him. When he was in Ring of Honor, he was in charge of the faction Violence Unlimited, and I oh. loved that because he always was brutal. He just did hardcore matches and. False can anywhere matches and just brutal stuff he was doing all the time. And now he's leading that same faction in uh, New Japan strong. And it's, I, I mean, I love Brody King. Fuck yeah. Sign me up. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, well, jinx. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, the only other thing I had from Dynamite was something I was not too pleased with. Uh, and it was, how 
MJF looked in the main event. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like Dante Martin is obviously one of the hottest and up and coming wrestlers on the scene. Yeah, he's up and coming and very attractive. Sure. Yeah, you take it however however you want to. Dylan called him hot. Yeah, sure. Wow. Whatever. Um, Fifth pillar. He was doing his thing in this match, going crazy, doing all the high-flying stuff that he normally does. MJF looked like he was fucking sleepwalking through this match. Yeah, he wasn't hitting anything. He was getting... He was taking a lot of the moves. He didn't look like he was hitting anything. It was a really boring main event on Dynamite. It I was just kind that. of like where like he would let Dante Martin run circles around him while he just kind of just moved lackadaisically throughout the ring. And that's, yeah. I don't know. And then he ends up winning again, the Dynamite Diamond ring. Yeah. So we get another year of MJF as the Dynamite Diamond ring winner. And him probably not winning a title. So I realized, I, I mean, I just kind of realized what I said earlier. So now I'm kind of going to, res- I'm going to rescind the fact that I said MJF is going to be the next world champion because he's 100% not because he has the diamond, diamond like, ring. 100% sold that he's not going to be the next guy. But this was such an underwhelming main event to winner is coming. Like, Remember last year, Winter is Coming is the the event where we had Sting debut and Kenny Omega win a title. So the internet coming into Winter is Coming was like, this is going to be huge. We're going to have Bray Wyatt show up. We didn't have any of that. We had an hour-long first match, which was the match of the week. Which, without a doubt, with the match of the week was fucking awesome. But the rest of Dynamite was not. Yeah, the second hour was not good at all. The main event was poor, and the the best part of the main event was was the after match uh, matchmaking that we did. Obviously, Dante Martin's going to face off against Ricky Starks here soon, which should be good, and FTR is going to face off against Sting and Darby Allen, which should be good. But like, if we're going to take winners coming, and all we're going to do with like the last hour of the show is build to other matches that we're going to do at other dates. I mean, stop calling it winners coming. Just call it fucking dynamite, because like that's all it felt like. Yeah, it I was very underwhelming for the last hour of this paper. The last I mean, hour, yeah. I still think it was a better than. I still think it was a better than average dynamite, and that's strictly because of the first, like the the hour long, sure yeah. world or world title match, and deservedly so. But yeah, I agree. The last hour, sort of underwhelming. I do want to mention the one thing about the MJF promo that started off the main event was when he made the Ryback reference. I don't remember what he said, but he made a a significant. He he literally called Ryback out. Oh, he made a made fun of CM Punk for building a winning streak against subpar talent. He might as well just call him Ryback. Yeah, who had like a year long undefeated streak on WWE, beating fucking roasted his ass. God. And specifically because CM Punk fucking hates Ryback in real life. And oh. I knew that. And that really built on how big of a jab that was. I did CM not know Punk that. got injured one time by Ryback in a match. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well. CM Punk fucking hates that dude. Joe, any thoughts on that? No, Ryback sucks. 
Ryback was a dangerous person. There was always those lists of like people who were unsafe in the ring. And Ryback was always on those lists because Ryback injured people all the time. There's a reason why that dude's out of a job. Yeah, not good. Uh, I don't have anything else for Dynamite. So uh, I almost said next week, uh, we are not going to be having a show next week because next week is Christmas. So we will be back in two weeks and we'll be covering the next we'll be covering the next two weeks of weekly recap along with we'll be having our day one pay-per-view predictions. Uh, day one is on January 1st, which is a Saturday. So you will have that episode out on Saturday the 1st. So you can listen to it and hear our predictions for day one. And we are still yet to decide if we're going to include a retro pay-per-view in that. But the next one will be Judgment Day in your house. And if it shows up, it'll be a surprise. If it doesn't, then it's because Joe didn't want to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I want to watch it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And we have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan, Joe, and Chad. We'll catch you on down the road. Yeah.